Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Welcome to the Mini Break Podcast, your daily roundup of the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Thursday, August 29th, and I am your host, Max Rothman. And while it was quite a rainy day at the U.S. Open, there still is plenty to talk about. You know, some controversies, you know, that we are the Mini Break Podcast, so that is some of the stuff that we talk about. Uh, so while we will be covering the matches that happened today, we'll be covering uh, some of the other topics as well that have been going on. Uh, you know, we just saw... Uh, Dominic Kupfer win his match against Riley Opelka. Uh, there's a little testy handshake there at the end, which we'll we'll get into. But, uh, you know, quick plug. Uh, Gruskin did just interview Kupfer on the Crack Interviews podcast. So if you haven't already, go ahead and check that out. Get a little insight into the former Tulane studs uh, background and, and what his expectations are for the U.S. Open. But, I do need to introduce my co-host for the day, someone that I haven't done this with in quite a while, and that is Tennis Channel's Kale Hammond. How are we doing, man? Welcome back to the Mini Break Podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm doing good, man. I'm, you know, getting tired. It's been a long, long day of tennis. It was sort of weird because, like, it was only two matches going on at the same time, you know, but they were just so staggered. It was, it was sort of a weird day, you know. It was slow, slow for a while, and then. You know things heated up towards the end with, with Serena and um, the Opelka match, and we'll we'll get to that later. But uh, I'm doing well. How about you? Yeah, I mean for for those of us who are are working, you know, uh, a nine to five or you know longer and an eight to seven in my case today, uh, it was kind of nice. I got to you know just pay attention to a couple matches while at my desk, and uh, so that that helped me out a little bit. But saw some some weird stuff on on tennis twitter per usual with the rain i, th- I saw ostapenko practicing in the rain like you can't you cannot tell me that that is actually beneficial there's just no way now it must be fun though i would do that you know <laughs> if i was at the u.s open a young kid at the u.s open it's raining what you know she may she might have been done with her practice just needed to take some serves so there yeah just like, it looked know, like she was serving. whatever let's just let's just take 15 20 serves in the rain and call it a day yeah, I just that was one of those things I saw, and then you know another little tidbit while this whole U.S. Open stuff is going on before we you know hop into the matches for today. Uh, after Nadal's match yesterday, he was uh, asked about his challenger tournament at the Rafa Nadal Academy, who um, or where Andy Murray is actually playing this weekend. So you know he decided to take off the U.S. Open, uh, is in Mallorca playing uh, the Rafa Nadal challenger and. Uh, you know, there was a little exchange. BG was asking Rafa about, you know, what Andy should do in Mallorca. And, and Rafa goes, well, I, uh, I offered him the boats. And <laughs> so, you know, Andy. You've seen uh, that boat, right? No, I actually haven't. Is it, uh, is okay, it absurd? Okay, you got you to gotta stop what you're doing right now and look it up. 
It's right. filthy. Rafael Nadal boat. A- everyone listening right now, if you haven't, oh, if you haven't God. seen Nadal's boat, you really got to check it out. All right. Well, it's, it's, it's to call this a boat is just stupid. This isn't a boat. <laughs> this is a yacht. <laughs> this is a full yacht. My goodness, that is beautiful. It's pretty sexy. I mean, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, it's like catamaran style. Oh, oh, I mean, it's God. sleek as can be. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So, yeah, not a boat. It a looks yacht. like it was about eleven million. I don't know if that's euros or dollars, but yeah, I'm I'm seeing those numbers here too. So, uh, <laughs> when you're off in a doll, you can you can afford that. And you know, Andy Murray, if you're not taking him up on that offer, you're just stupid. I don't care if you're playing a tournament. Um, but anyways, there was plenty of tennis going on, and actually, I'm gonna diverge one more time before we get into this. Um, Gruskin. You know, gave me the the go ahead since he didn't talk about it with Sukoyak, although I, I never need, need his approval um, to talk about the Kyrgios Stevie incident. You know that whole match and, and situation. You know Kyrgios did win this match in straight sets. Uh, you know, kind of typical Kyrgios antics: the the between the legs, the you know underhand serves, the drop shots, all all the above. The um, fake shots, or he hit. There were yeah. several shots that were like going out. One of them almost went in, and he, I mean, he like faked it and he acted like he was going to hit it. I thought he, I thought he did hit it, but he missed his racket by like an inch, and you know it was, it was a tad disrespectful. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, and, and we'll get to that. So there was obviously the the handshake incident at the end, where it was just a, a really bad handshake from Stevie and. You know, Stevie, I said some words in the press conference. And I, look, I I understand. I I think Kyrgios was a little a little more Kyrgios than usual. Um, but you also, as a, as a player, you know what to expect with this guy. Like, you can't let that get under your skin, especially if you're Stevie Johnson. Like, you've played enough, you know, college kids who, you know, f- around and just – don't take it seriously. Like you, you gotta just know. He, he hadn't played any d- college kids that drop one forties on the line every time <laughs> and have the sickest hands in all the game. Yeah, you're not wrong. I, I don't know. I just think you got to be a little bit mentally tougher than that. Okay, I agree with you. You do have to be mentally tougher. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. So whenever he started doing his antics. It was around 4-3 in the second set, and that second set was the only set that Stevie was actually playing pretty well. And so he started stirring up the crowd. You know, the crowd's yelling. They're drunk people in the night session at the U.S. Open. Like, they're yelling after every point. They're yelling the whole time. He chose that instance to get upset. And next thing you know, Kyrgios holds in the midst of all this turmoil and now Stevie's serving down 4-5. And, you know, the rhythm of the match is completely gone. Stevie's serving to stay in the set. You know, is it a coincidence that he chose exactly that juncture, you know, in, in his toughest set to do that? I, I don't know. I don't think so. I think that was slightly calculated, yeah. honestly. And and I wouldn't put it past Kyrgios for, for, you know, him to do that. Um, but... I don't know, just a, a weird situation. And then you got the whole thing afterwards where Kyrgios is calling the ATP corrupt, and then, you know, he posts this thing on Twitter, this little apology saying he's not corrupt, but he feels like he's not treated fairly, which I I do agree with. Um, I'm not sure he's always treated the most fairly, but he also brings it upon himself. So there, there's a lot of counterpoints on both sides. Um, real quick, you think 
you think Kyrgios deserves a fine for his comments? No, no. I, I mean, I mean, they're going to fine him. I, you know, he which he, I think is ridiculous. That's it. almost like a freedom of speech thing. Like how? Can yeah, exactly. That? He he recanted it pretty quickly. And it, if you ever see like a public statement via the Notes app on the yeah. iPhone, yeah, you know, you know, it's a rush job. Yeah. And you know his agents were like, dude, dude have you seen your out. draw? Have you looked at the draw <laughs> yet? You better you better take that shit back now. Because his draw, I don't know if you've seen, he had three top ten seeds in his quarter oh, I've seen. all go down. Sitsipas, RBA, and team. All three top ten seeds in his quarter of the draw went down. I mean, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And... If you know, if he can just keep it together, he's for sure going to be in the semis of the U.S. Open. And then at that point, he'll probably play Nadal, a guy he likes playing and has had success in the past. So, you know, if you ever see you ever see that public statements via the notes on the iPhone, you know, you know something. You know, you know it's it's quick. You know, you got You got to get it done. Yeah, I mean, you're you're 100 percent right. <laughs> Rush job, best draw ever. Everyone wants to see the semifinal against Nadal. I mean, yes, there's a tough third round potential matchup against Rublev, uh, but otherwise you're looking at, you know, maybe a Monfils fourth round and then, you know, most likely, uh, yeah, I guess like a Zverev. Or no, Zverev in the bottom half. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's just ridiculous. No, it'd, like, be, it'd be Rublev and then Monfils. Which yeah. is for Kyrgios, you know, he he's he's a lot better than than both yeah. of those players at this point in his career, so, and he looked really really good last night. You know, it's he, funny he he talked about probably for the first time ever actually prepping for a week before the tournament. I mean, he actually talked about his prep and how he felt good coming in, which I almost feel like I never hear from him. I usually hear some story about how he's drinking at the pub, you know, the night before the match. So uh, maybe maybe he saw the draw too and was and realized his opportunity here. You know, that, that's all we can hope for. Yeah. I- I think he did. The, the movement disparity between him and Stevie J last night was pretty apparent. I mean, it was it wasn't even close. Stevie, Stevie at this point is sort of, you know, he. It's not the Stevie J that I grew up, you know, playing, no. you know, college tennis against. It's it's he's not moving nearly the same level. No. You know, the, the old Stevie J was was sliding eight feet on the hard courts, you know, <laughs> hitting those open stance forehand uh, on the line, and and it's just that's just not there anymore. I don't I don't know if he'll get it back. But the Stevie J that I grew up watching, you know, I watched dozens and dozens of his matches in college, and 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 he, he you know, at this point, it's it's not the Stevie J I grew up watching. No, and it's idolizing. not. And and we, for all of us, you know, we hope that he does find a way to get back into the old Stevie self. But uh, let's get into the tennis. We've you know gone on enough tangents here. Let's dive right in. Uh, I think. The match that we should just start with is the match that I mentioned briefly in the beginning. That's the Opelka Kopfer match. And this is a match that Kopfer ended up winning 6 4, 6 4, 7 6. And you got to give credit to Kopfer, who just played a gritty, tough match. It really held in, played probably one of the clutcher tie breaks. Opelka looked like he was, you know, pretty ready to throw in the towel once he went down a mini break. <laughs> hey, great shot mini break right there boom um yeah west off just give me a little bit on shh. um that was terrible I, I got no laugh out of you you're probably like what the is this guy uh, oh my goodness yeah that was bad um anyways what was up with that handshake what do you know what what, what have you got so that, for me? you know i i perused tennis twitter um I, I was trying to watch the only thing that i could gather was 
the yell from Kopfer at the end of the match, just his, you know, excitement for winning was, it was a little extended. It was probably a little much. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, the guy just funded his playing career for the next two years. You can't right. really blame him. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, but I think there might have been apparently there was something uh, that happened in that third set that I didn't see. Uh, but yeah, it was a very lame handshake for both Kopfer and the chair umpire, and so that that was you know a shame to see. But uh, Kopfer, what what do you think of him and you know his next round match? You were looking either at, at a Brooksby or Bossy Lashvili. You know what do you think about his you know potential for the rest of this tournament? Yeah, I mean, Basilashvili, I watched him last year at the U.S. Open, and, and my God, that guy cracks the ball. But at the same time, you know, sometimes he just goes out there and slaps, and if he doesn't have it, he doesn't have it. I think Basilashvili's got to get through Brooksby, um, you know, tomorrow. I don't, I don't envision Brooksby being able to cope with the unrelenting pace of Basilashvili. The guy hits the ball harder than almost anyone on the tour. I but mean, it seems like, I mean, if, if you beat Opelka, you can clearly handle pace. And so, you know, I think, I think, you know, he's on a sort of a bit of a magical run right now. He's got Ryan Williams in his corner. Ryan Williams, I'm sure, is going to make a great coach. That guy should oh, be yeah. playing on the tour right now. He should be. Um, so he's got a lot of, a lot of wisdom, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, maybe, maybe learn from my mistakes. Maybe, maybe, you know, you should listen to me because God knows Ryan Williams should still be playing. That guy's one of the most talented players I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Just, uh, he, well, he, I, I remember because he was he was what same year as Stevie and Ryan Thatcher and and Klon, right? Those guys. Yeah, I think he might have been a year younger than them. But, yeah, but, but yeah, a year he was, younger. Yeah, he could I play. I remember seeing sure. him all around. Um, but yeah, you're you're 100 right. I mean, I look. I also think Brooksby, given his match against Burdich and Basilashvili's match against Fuksovics, could have a good chance against Basilashvili. I mean, we'll, we'll get I, in. The thing is, though, Max, is that, that your serve <laughs> your serve is right now is, is, is substantially more impactful than Thomas Burdick's serve right now. <laughs> I don't know whether and I say to take that, that with hundred percent com- sincerity. <laughs> I don't know whether that's a compliment <laughs> or not, but I'll take it. <laughs> it's absolutely a compliment. You better choose to take it as a compliment. No, Burdick Burdick is, 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 you know, an, an all time yeah, great. And he's sadly on the way out. It was tough to watch that match. It just wasn't, it's not the Thomas Burdick. I remember. And his serve was was the biggest letdown in all of it. And so yeah, I mean back to back to Kepfer. Look, the guy the guy's lefty grinder. He can clearly handle pace well, and then he's got he's got some mojo working right now. So, you know who knows? But I I would think that Basilash really is going to capitalize on this on this draw and and uh, advance to the fourth round. Absolutely. Well, just looking at a few of the stats real quick from this, I mean, the the, the one that just stands out, Opelka, 37% win percentage on his second serve. I mean, good for Kopfer for just taking advantage of that and, and, you know, the clear difference in the match here. And this is just wild. I, I, first of all, shout out to the U.S. Open for a great website with statistics, uh, kind of like Wimbledon, you know, they, they did a great job. Um Distance covered. I, I'm I'm looking at the matches today from the men's side. We're looking at Klon and, and Nishikori. <laughs> they're they're at the high eight thousands, uh, eight thousand feet per player distance covered. Federer and Dujmer were in the nine thousands. Same with Djokovic and Londero. I don't know if this is a typo, and it very well could not be. But for Kofor and Opelka, they were both under a thousand feet for distance covered. <laughs> <laughs> and the other guys were nine thousand. Yes, I, I, I wonder. I wonder if this is a typo. 
but <laughs> I think cool. that has to be. Oh, I really hope so. Or actually, really, I hope not. That's pretty hilarious if it's not. Um, but anyways, Opelka missed opportunity here. Gruskin and I went on a little bit about how this was, you know, just a wide open draw for him as well. You know, cope for, you know, his next round match. It has a great chance, and so would have, so would have Opelka. So a huge missed opportunity here for Opelka, but. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Let's move on to uh, another match today. I want to talk about Roger Federer, who had another slow start, and he even admitted it in his post-match interview. Um, This is his press conference saying he's got to find a way to start better. What What do you think about, you know, his next round? Is there a chance that he's... You know, not seeing something right is—is is he—is this not just two slow starts? Maybe just you know he's not quite there this tournament. Yeah, I mean, but but the thing is about that's different is he's he's done this before in the past. You know, five it's years true. ago he's done this sort of similar stuff, and back then everyone's freaking out. You know, what's right. wrong with Federer? Oh my God, he lost the first set. But now it's just like okay, he lost the first set. Next both matches he gets up you know 3-0-4-0-5-0 in the second set and then he's off to the races yeah so it's just one bad set he's able to brush it off and the some of the shots that he was hitting today he he looks pretty fine to me (laughs) yeah i'm with you i mean you gotta give credit to dujmer who just battled and and played a really great match as well uh if you want to look at the statistics fed serving 70 percent of his first serves winning 77 percent of them you know winners to unforced errors there's a 13 uh, plus 13 spread there uh so you know he looks good yeah it was a, a slow you know first set but uh i'm not you know too worried either about him moving forward um, anything else on that match before we go? No, um, I mean just some of the shots that they were hitting. It was it was some really fun tennis. It was it was really cool to watch. I, I do think his movement, you know, definitely starts slow. His footwork didn't look as crisp, but that's all I've got. Just you know, the footwork yeah. will it'll get there. He's playing himself into the tournament. He didn't play too much tennis this summer, so you know, and these guys they like to work themselves into the grand slams. You know, like Djokovic did today. He he almost lost that first set against Londero. Yeah. And and maybe that's where we we transition into that match. Not not a crazy you know a crazy match or a whole lot to talk about. Londero also just a fighter. That guy really you know he was all over the court. Uh, and Djokovic you know had that little left shoulder thing. You know I, I, that to me is one of those you know oh I'm I'm down a break uh, in the second set and so I'm I'm just not feeling right. And I'm just gonna kind of show this little injury thing. I feel like he's done that in the past and I kind of hate that. He, it's I don't feel like he's really injured. Um, yeah, I agree with you. It, it was interesting, but you know, he looked to be grimacing, looked to be in pain, yeah. and, and some, some, but some, some of the shots that he hit, he couldn't have been that injured. You know, open stance, backhand, ten feet behind oh. the baseline, off yeah. the court. Your laser shoulder can't precision. be hurting doing right. You know, it, it's it's structurally probably intact if you're able to hit those shots, but it did affect his serve, and he's going to need to serve well to get through 
his draw because he's got a brutal draw. He's going to have to get through Stan and Medvedev most likely, you know, to yeah. make the semifinals. So he has the toughest draw of all the top seeds. Absolutely. And, you know, it, he potentially had an Anderson fourth round. You know, luckily Anderson withdrew. Uh, and Medvedev will, will most likely be his quarter. So, yeah, I mean, looking at Kudla next round potentially or Dusan Lajevic, who's had a good season, you know, one, one of his fellow countrymen. So, He's definitely going to need to step it up and, and be healthy for the rest of this tournament. But not much more to say about that match, you know, after that second no, set tiebreak no. absolutely no. blew through Londero. Yeah, and as long as that shoulder's not actually injured, you know, we know how he can raise his level when he plays a guy like Stan, when Stan's just blasting the ball from corner to corner. And it's almost like Djokovic, when he plays someone who really doesn't do much, He's definitely struggles. He 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 plays better when people force the issue on him and you know go for big shots, go for big targets because he can pretty much get every shot back. Yeah, I mean of course one of the the best defenders you know ever to play. Um, so yeah, I'm right there with you. But uh, no worries about Djokovic. One guy that I do worry about a little bit is Kenichi Corey. Um, who played a, a pretty tight match with Bradley Klon. He This is a match he wins 6-2, 4-6, And Klon played, you know, I thought a really nice match. Um, yeah, I think there were times where he probably should have closed and capitalized on a few break points uh, that he didn't, but overall a good match for him. And, you know, on the contrary, Kenishi Corey with kind of a lackadaisical is maybe not the right word, uh, but kind of an inconsistent match. Just, you know, some shorter points than you'd expect from him. Uh, you know, Nick Boletary commented on, on Twitter, you know, basically congratulating Kay on, you know, quote-unquote finding a way to win. Uh, you know, basically just, you know, acknowledging that it was a, a rough day out there for Kay, but, uh, you know, he managed to to pull through, and that's what winners do. You know, with a potential Christian Guerin or Alex Dimenauer second round, you know, are, are you nervous about Kenny Shikori's chances in that match? No, not really. I mean, that's the first time that he's ever played Klon. And sure. Klon's, his forehand is humongous. And so if you aren't feeling great and you have a slow start, he can he can win a set for sure. And he did. Yeah. And then K bounced back, 7-5 in the fourth. But, you know, it was, it was, it was fairly routine. I mean, it, you know, it wasn't like I didn't think he was in any danger of actually losing the match. Yeah. No, I'm with you there, and I and I think the thing also that you know not having played Klon, his serve is is tough, and was you know hit 18 aces today, you know only served 51 percent, which I think definitely hurt him throughout this match because when his serve was going in, he was you know winning a lot of those points, 77 percent uh, win percentage on his first serve. So uh, I'm with you. I just think that K needs to probably step it up, you know, reel in the consistency a little bit. You know, he was 23 winners to 32 unforced errors. You never want to be in the negatives um, on, on, the, on the differential. So uh, Now, he typically s- plays well at the U.S. Open, so I think this was him, you know, first time you played a guy. It's the same with Fed. You know, when these top guys play someone for the first time, you know, they're watching tape and they're having their coaches scout, but at the same time, they're also like, okay, let me feel it out for myself. Yeah. And, that you know, that's probably what happened. I'm not sure, but Klon's a great player. I mean, the guy is, hits the ball humongous for for his size, and no, I, I think he's gonna be. I think he's gonna get in the groove, and I would be surprised if K doesn't, you know, make at least the second week. Yeah, I mean, I think that's you know definitely the expectation for K moving forward is to make that second week, and I bet people even 
you know, expected that and personally expect, I expected that uh, going into this tournament. But uh, before we, we talk about Dimitrov, I, I want to talk about the the kits for the U.S. Open so far because the and the clothing kits that is you know I, I can never not talk about it that is my thing always got to talk about the clothing going on all right K's got his own Uniqlo kit and so does Fed Fed kind of the the standard classic what do you think about K's Uniqlo fit you like it oh uh, I, I could, can I be completely honest with you I didn't really pay that much attention to what he was wearing. <laughs> But he's, he's I got do this know weird that, that multicolored thing going on. Okay, with the with the yellow and the red. Yeah. He yeah, it looks like a coral snake. <laughs> I, I like it. What's that saying? It's you it know like red what? red next to yellow or your something, and then red next to black, like your dead Jack or something. Like uh, that. I'll, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. It's a coral snake outfit. I love it. I'm a huge fan. And, and Federer though, in his you know white and black accentuated Uniqlo outfit with with the headband, with the bandana, tell me he didn't look a little bit like a sushi chef today. Dude, I was literally thinking that. He it, the the way that it's like the collars are are done and the the trim. I'm right there with you. <laughs> That's <laughs> West Off. Yeah, give, no. You gotta give us a little like. Oh, is there is there a sushi chef sound effect that we can get? I don't know. If you can find one, throw it in there. After the first set, uh, Federer served the omakase. <laughs> yeah, he did. I, I like that reference. Big sushi fan over here. We gotta hit sugar. Max Rothman soon. is a sushi. If you ever in LA, guys, and you need sushi recommendations, Max Rothman's <laughs> got ten stored on his phone, ranked one through ten. There, there's a new spot right by my house that I've yet to try, and I'm itching to get there. I might have to. You and you and Clay Thompson, former number one in the country, uh, NCAA UCLA Brew, and Clay Thompson need to sit down and, and discuss the best sushi restaurants because you both eat more sushi than anyone I've ever met in my life and i don't know how your bank accounts can can hold it but but kudos yeah, they, to you guys they don't <laughs> trust me <laughs> maybe that's a, a little podcast today we, we grab him on we get some sushi talk some tennis talk some sushi and we might have to make that happen that's, tell that's you what I, I don't listen to all all of the podcasts i listen to most of them but i would for sure listen to that one <laughs> i don't listen to all of them because you guys have so many of them you guys do such a good job cranking out content but let's I mean, let's let's move on. Let's move on. Steer the ship. We're getting yeah. crazy. <laughs> I mean, I was gonna say between the Great Shot podcast, the mini break, cracked interviews. I mean, there, there's a lot out there, so I, I don't blame you. But yeah, let's move on. Uh, real quick on Dimitrov getting the withdrawal from Chorich. Sad to see Chorich go down with the back injury that he's been struggling with all year. Expectations for Dimitrov moving forward. Uh, good. First of all, sad because that was the matchup that I was most excited to actually yeah. sit down and watch. Um, you know, Dimitrov's flashy athleticism versus Chorich and his incredible physical fitness and mental toughness. I thought it was going to be really interesting. I thought that was going to be a four-set, maybe five-set match for sure. But look, he's got probably he's probably going to play Pablo Cuevas, and on a hard court, Dimitrov over Cuevas that makes sense to me. You know, Dimitrov would probably have to play a bad match to lose to Cuevas on a hard court with his firepower, with his slice and volley and transition game. You know, the advantages that he has, I think he's looking good. And then Nishikori uh, Dimitrov. Could be pretty good. I don't. I don't think Deminar Garen's going to be able to get through Nishikori. I'm. I'm excited to watch that match though. Deminar Garen. That's if you're a hardcore tennis fan. That that's oh, going to be a fun match to watch. That's going to be a grind for sure. Garen just honestly, he looks like I was commenting last year. He looked how strong he was. 
At this point, he looks a little too thick. Like, the guy <laughs> looks like he could bench press 500 pounds. He could be like a, a halfback or a running back out there. I mean, dude's a beast. I wouldn't want to tackle him, that's for sure. No, he looks no. like a beast. And that's going to be an interesting matchup. Um, but I think he'll have some success because he's just going to stay the course and be super solid. And he's, Deminar's going to have to step up and rip winners if he wants to beat him. And Deminar doesn't like doing that. Deminar prefers to play with a target, prefers to have people attacking him so he can use his defense you know, to his advantage because his speed is second to none. Oh, uh, besides Monfils, I think probably the fastest guy on the tour. Um, You're right. Yeah. No, no, nobody moves like Monf- Monfils. That's what we always say. Because no one does. Not. not at all. But we'll we'll get more into to the matches uh, to look forward to tomorrow. But let's let's quickly transition over to the women's side. Uh, again, not many matches to talk about. I mean, we had a, a Pushkova, you know, bulldoze over Bulkvads. Uh, is that is that how I, is that how you get? Say that name? I think so. One and four for, for Pliskova. Keys through Zhu, four and one. Uh, Svitolina with the 6-4, 6-4 win over Venus. Uh, that was a, a really fun match to watch. I don't know if you had a chance to watch that. That was some some high-quality tennis there. Um, I don't know if you Yeah, have. I watched a lot of that one. ESPN showed that one more than they did the Federer match, which I thought they did. was interesting. Yeah, you know, they, I guess they made a quality of I – I, I can't even say that. You know, Federer is always pretty solid quality tennis. Um, I think maybe they just gave the nod to the American, you know, Venus Williams, such a legend. That was pretty interesting to see, to see that, because I feel like at Tennis Channel, we probably would have stuck to Fed most <laughs> of that time, you know, but that was a really high quality match and I, you can't go wrong either way. Yeah, it really was, you know, definitely a, a few things could have gone, you know, better for Venus, could have served. Uh, you know, a little higher percentage and, you know, a few too yeah. many unforced errors, you know, 20, 29 winners to 47 unforced errors. So uh, yes, could have not many. given up five games in a row in the second set that, no, could, that uh, would have helped her helped her out today. Yeah. But that, at that this hurts. point, at this point in their career, I mean, Svitolina is just a better player. So that's not a six, four, six, four. That's not a surprising result at all. A, you know, a solid, steady win for the superior player at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, another, win for a superior player ashley barty gets her win over lauren davis two and six Uh, again not a whole lot to talk about here you know barty looking really solid uh i think you can you know your expectations for her at at the beginning should not have changed i'm I'm expecting her in in a u.s open final at the end of this tournament um any thoughts on her she's gonna well i i am sort of worried about her you know she said in an interview that she took she didn't touch a racket Quote, she literally said she didn't touch a racket for about two weeks after Wimbledon. And that's a lot of time to not touch a racket. I know she's one of the most athletic and gifted players on the tour, but to not pick up a racket for two weeks, and then you know, she came out, she lost a couple matches, and then she goes three sets in her first round, loses the first set 6-1, and then she goes takes Lauren Davis to a tiebreak. I was sort of expecting a little bit more firepower from her forehand and her serve this tournament. You know, I thought she was the type of player that could, you know, go one-two punch pretty much the whole time, and then when she needed to resort, you know, to the slice and her in her variety, a little bit more. But she's sort of been, you know, playing it relaxed, and I I, I want to see her go for a little bit more. I mean, I I definitely hear you there. Only serving fifty-four percent, you know, definitely not what you want to see. But look, she she does it a little different. She you know the the playing another sport, you know, taking time off of the tour to, to do that. I, I think she's kind of found her way about 
you know tennis and uh, I think it's kind of cool that she's able to you know take two weeks off of the you know away from the racket come back and you know kind of get back into it you know I think that's just her way of doing it and I think we're gonna see as this tournament progresses and as she gets you know back into her rhythm I think we're gonna see her you know starting to get that one-two punch and, and not have yeah. to you know result to the slice as much yeah, I don't really know what I'm talking about, but 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 I know during the middle of the season, not touching a racket for two weeks, maybe shorten it down to one week. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it, it, you're not wrong. It's a long time. I mean, especially uh, I don't play that much anymore. But back in the day when I was playing, you know, almost every day, if I didn't touch a racket for two weeks, I was coming back and shanking every other ball. So, um, I, you know, she's clearly a better athlete than I to come back and still play professional tennis. So but, I'm just saying, maybe, maybe, maybe take seven days off, not fourteen. Who knows? Yeah, Se- seven is uh, makes more sense to me. Her coach clearly did not have enough, uh, you know, say there because. I would have said otherwise, but let's talk about this last match. The best match on the women's side for the night, the Serena Williams, Katie McNally. This is a match that Serena ended up winning five, seven, six, three, six, one. And, you know, unbelievable first set for Katie McNally, stunning Serena in that first set. Did you get a chance to watch this match? I did. I did get a chance to watch this match. And before the match started, I was talking to my roommate and I was like, you know, I, I think Serena might win this match. Oh, no. So I saw the, little, the pre-interview. Serena looked co- so confident. She f- was so confident in her post-match press conference after her first round win that I thought she was just going to come out and wipe wipe the floor with McNally. And I thought there could have been a little, you know, Trump supporter edge. You know, Serena maybe wanted to <laughs> stomp that out real quick, but who knows? And probably not. And then you know, McNally is she has no fear. I mean, that was amazing. She, she she brought the juice, and she seems like she's going to make a lot of money in this sport and be around for a long, long time. That was that was really impressive. It really was. I mean, getting a lot of praise from a lot of different people, I think that's the kind of you know tennis you want to see from a young player, being able to come out and, and perform like that against you know one of the best tennis players of all time, man or woman. Um, so, you know, kudos to her. Uh, she's, what, 18 years old? 19 years old I mean so impressive uh so I think you can expect to see a lot more of Katie McNally in the future but if there's nothing else on this match we can dive right into matches that we're looking forward to tomorrow yeah let's do it I'm looking up uh McNally's age right now we should know that she's 17 she's 17 she, yeah she's, she's 17 18. years old really really impressive oh unbelievable um well, looking at matches tomorrow, give me your top three that you're looking forward to. Okay, goodness gracious. All right, well, for sure Nick Kyrgios, because if Nick Kyrgios plays 100 matches, you know, I'm going to watch 100 matches. <laughs> um, Andre Rublev, for sure, versus uh, Gilles Simon, I think is a really, really interesting match, because Rublev's playing amazing right now. And he's, you know, he's hitting every ball so hard. And he's able to create you know, a lot of pace, more pace than most players. And it's great to see him healthy because the power that he generates is amazing right now. But he's also playing Simone, who handles pace and power better than Very almost well. anyone we've seen in the last 10 to 15 years. So it, this matchup to me is really interesting because Rublev should win. He's the fitter, better player right now at this moment, you know, beating Stan, beating Fed and beating Tsitsipas, he should come out and win this match. But at the same time, Simone matches up really well with Rublev. So this, I think, is a tough draw for him. 
Yeah, I, I'm with you. If you had to take a guess at what the odds are on this match, what would you say? Because I got them in front of me. Oh, if I had to guess, I would give Rublev minus one one fifty. They're they're got him much more favored than that. Minus three hundred for Rublev. Okay. Yeah, Plus I mean that's what happens when you. Simone. That's what the computer algorithms do when you beat Federer, Stan, when you beat three top ten, basically top ten players in, in two weeks. It is. I mean, he looks so good. I don't think there's a chance that Simone wins this. Maybe he looks so good, but Sitsipas was cramping in like the end of the third, the fourth set. It's the first round. It was seventy degrees out. How are you cramping? Yeah, I mean that's just lame. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. It's interesting. That's, it's really bad. That didn't make sense to me. But but yeah, I mean, yeah, Vegas. No, Vegas, I mean, Vegas is, knows everything pretty much. So that that makes. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I just thought the matchup would would factor in more. Um, you know, Simone is still the second round. He's still got his legs under him. Absolutely. So I think that's going to be closer. I would take I would take Simone on that one for sure. That's worth a flyer. Wow, you heard it here. That, that's a hot take. Simone yeah, I mean he's love. he's he's probably gonna get overpowered, but if there's anyone who I've seen play that can handle Rublev's power, Simone's certainly one of them. Simone. He's in the top five. Well, I, I don't. That's hot. Even You're making Rublev's... me self-conscious about this. What? what... <laughs> I, just Rublev's. Form, Rublev's man. not God, okay? <laughs> I know. I mean, we had this whole talk about the you know the Russians and who's gonna be. The best between Medvedev, you know, Kiechenov, and, and Rublev, and both of us were like, Rublev is not even going to ever reach the top five, and um, I'm slowly starting to feel, I don't know, I'm, I'm questioning myself a little bit. But you're uh, making it, me it, feel self-conscious right now, so so we'll, I guess time will tell. Let's move on. <laughs> Any other matches on the men's side? Ooh, yeah, I was, I I was mean, half expecting you to say Sangren, Pospisil, just because those are your oh, guys. Yeah, I wrote down in the notes to, to give Vasek a shout out because I mean, awesome win for him. Awesome, awesome win. I was hanging out with him in June, and he was he was admitted that he was like fifteen to twenty pounds like heavy on the playing <laughs> side, and I was like, damn. And I remember I was playing with Steve Nash, and Steve, I can't I can't remember, but he was like, man, Vasek's super strong. And I was like, yeah, he's really strong right now. He looks like he could be a football player. And, I mean, it's just a testament to how hard he's worked in those past three months to get back in shape and play that match against Kachanov. He played yeah. a fantastic match. He really took the the racket out of his hands in a way, didn't get engaged in those long, grinding rallies from way behind the court. He sort of took his time away and definitely frustrated him. And he served yeah. well, and he hit his forehand huge. Yeah, I mean – unbelievable performance from him and uh, you know I think that's going to be a, a really fun match to watch you know Sandgren too coming back down two sets to love and, and winning that match against Sanga you know two guys that you know with, with big wins so both guys coming into this match with a lot of confidence and you know hoping to make it into that third round but a few of the matches that I'm looking forward to tomorrow uh, I'm ready to see some some big balls between Isner and Struff and I'm taking Struff in that match I I think he's gonna to, he's gonna you know come out victorious here. I was looking at the odds here. Um, they have Isner minus one forty, Struff one ten. I'm taking Struff all day. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Isner seems seems to be fatigued at this point. In Post the foot stress fracture, yeah, he's not exactly. really back he's into it back. yet. 
Yeah, he's coming back from injury. But I'm surprised that you want to watch this match. I mean, that's gonna this is gonna be a boring match. It's gonna yeah, I mean, turn it's it just gonna be tie breaks. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Seriously, if they can, if they can get some, give me some notifications that that they're in the tie break, that'd be <laughs> awesome. Yeah, uh, but I think I think this could go either way. I mean, look, you're betting on a few points with with people who serve this huge and hit the ball as big as they do. Yeah, betting on that match is legitimate gambling. That that's real yeah. gambling at its finest. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I couldn't have put it better myself. Uh, but the match would probably be the best, you know, ground strokes tomorrow. Zverev and Tiafo, and this is a match that I'm also I'm going to give to the underdog Tiafo. You know, plus one thirty five for him. Look, Zverev did not look good, in my opinion, in that first match. And, you know, while Tiafo got the, the the default from Karlovich, I thought he looked really solid in those first two sets. I think Tiafo's going to come out there, and I don't even know if I would consider it an upset. I think he's just going to, you know, surprise a lot of people who, you know, Zverev just isn't a good Grand Slam player. He literally never does well in the Grand Slams. And this is this is going to Tiafo's way. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I mean, the match is on Arthur Ashe, so he'll certainly have the crowd support. And he's beaten him once before. Zverev's 3-1 and one against him. And, you know, this is, it's an interesting, it's a, it's a tough, I think it's a tough matchup for Francis just because Zverev plays, you know, so big and so solid from the ground. But, yeah, I mean, it's a slam Zverev is a different Zverev. And hopefully, you know, maybe the crowd can push him through. I think I think Zverev's going to get this one in, in, in maybe you know three maybe four sets. TFO's seventeen and nineteen on the year. He hasn't really ha- been that you know stellar this year. It's true. I'm just excited to watch these guys go backhand to backhand. First round win. Yeah, I mean, but backhand to backhand. TFO's got a great backhand and he can pull line really well. But Zverev's got you know one of the prettiest yeah. backhands I've ever seen. No doubt. So it's just it's uh, it's it's going to be upstairs for both of them, and we can hope that we get you know a classic, memorable next gen battle, you know, like the Sitsipas Rublev, because that was one of the better next gen matches that I've ever seen. So oh, you know, I hope so we funny. can get something similar with with these two players because they're both they don't lack for talent. That's for sure. Well, the last the last match that won't won't probably have as hard hitting uh but will be just as fun and we mentioned this briefly was that was the garen demonauer definitely if you want to go watch some long points and some fun ones at it uh definitely check that out but uh onto the women's side also some some good matches to look forward to tomorrow petkovic and kvitova they're playing uh we've got flipkins and andreescu you know andreescu kind of the the rising canadian versus flipkins who's been on the tour for a while uh, Taylor Townsend and Simona Hallett play tomorrow as well. Uh, so it's so lots of fun matches on the women's side as well. Any any that you're particularly looking forward to? Mm, I mean, the Coco Golf mania is insane. Can we talk about how <laughs> yeah. nuts this is? How much hype is, is there? I mean, it's, it's spiraling out of, out of control. But at the same <laughs> time, she's sort of helping that because she does look, you know, her intensity level at this age and her focus and her ability to play, you know, big points well has been pretty, pretty, pretty fun. It's so impressive. It's so impressive. So I think, yeah, and, and if she wins that match, she'll likely play Naomi Osaka, world number one in the third Everyone round. Wants that. Can you imagine Arthur Ashe, Coco Goffers, Naomi Osaka night match? Oh. That's good. The place would be popping off. I, um, it, it'll be probably the most watched third round women's match ever. <laughs> 
Honestly, yeah. I mean, it's Coco Goff's got four hundred and twenty thousand Instagram followers already. She's sweet. won like four matches. <laughs> her match to her match win to follower ratio is the most insane Absurd. thing in the history of, in the history of sport. <laughs> oh, Why match win to follower ratio? Plenty of female phenoms. Why is she just blowing up like no one else ever before? It's insane. But at the same time, like I said, it's deserved because she really is that impressive. I think we need to start tracking that from now on. The the match win to follower ratio. I like that one a lot. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, I'm I'm pretty pumped for for Wozniacki Daniel Collins. I think that could get intense. You know, assuming Wozniacki is at full health, that it's going to be a fun one because Collins hits the ball so hard and she plays such an aggressive style of tennis she's a great shot maker got good drop shots and Wozniacki you know when she's on and locked in she's the better player but I don't think she's necessarily playing that well right now so I think this could be a a pretty dramatic match and I think Collins has a really good chance to win this one Uh, Wozniacki is sort of a fan favorite at the U.S. Open but you know they love their Americans there so and you know who knows she'll get fired she could get the crowd fired up and I I think this one will be a fun one to watch well, they're, they're going on right before that Kokonakis-Nadal uh, match. So those will be the last two matches you get to watch tomorrow. Two fun ones to end uh, the second round. Really good you know, just schedule for this, this next day of U.S. Open tennis. Kale, anything else you want to say about the U.S. Open so far before we close this out? No, I mean, tomorrow, if you're in anywhere near the New York area, go get yourself a grounds pass. Absolutely. You'll have access to 54 different singles matches. Or no, you won't have access to all of them. You'll have access to something like 45. 40-something, yeah. Yeah, like 45 different matches, and there's doubles too. I mean, one of the best tickets you'll ever have the chance to get in tennis. The schedule's just so loaded tomorrow. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the rain delay has blessed anyone who has the ability to go to tomorrow's grounds because, like you said, you're going to get access to it. I mean, Ty Kwiatkowski and Ruben are playing dubs. You can watch um, Query and, Her- and Ryan Harrison play dubs. I mean, you, you can get everything. So um, definitely take that opportunity. But, Kale, thank you for taking the time on this lovely Wednesday evening to record with me. It has been a pleasure, and we'll make sure to get you back on uh, soon enough. Yeah, thank you so much. This one was uh, this one was fun. Absolutely. Well, uh, can't end this podcast without thanking our super producers, Daniel Daniel Westoff and Max Leener, who as always have a job of editing to do. Uh, we thank you both very much. But uh, one last time for my wonderful co-host, Kale Hammond, for our super producers, and for the entire team at Cracked Rackets, I am your host, Max Rothman. And Kale, what do we say? That's a break, my friend. And yeah, shout out to those guys, especially what you guys are doing with, you know, clipping the segments of the podcast and posting on Instagram. I don't know who, you know, gave you that idea in the first place, but um, it, whoever it was might might have been a super smart, cool dude. Daniel Westhoff is the magician, the wizard, the wonderful man. It's funny because nobody knows what he looks like. And if, if only you saw his beautiful face. You, you yeah, I don't, just... I don't know what he looks like, but I know he does great work. <laughs> But with that said, that's a break, and we'll catch you all next time. Thanks, everyone.